Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello Rush Nation and welcome along. Uh, I'm back after a brief hiatus last week. I hope Murph held the fort down okay without me looking at the wide receivers. Was everything okay with last week, Murph? Uh, yeah, I mean, we missed you a lot, and you did lots of work for the show. I did. And I feel, and I feel bad because I didn't mention any of the picks you put in the sheet. Um, but uh, unfortunately, this is what happens when you leave me unsupervised, Dan. You left <laughs> yeah. me unsupervised with Justin Boone. We spoke for 30 minutes off air before we started. <laughs> I said to everyone, I put on Twitter, we're starting in five minutes, and then 25 minutes later, we turned up. And then, uh, <laughs> and then we got talking, got off track. But yeah, that no, was a great show. Well worth listening. And as I sort of teased earlier, I think what I'm going to do is put these four episodes together and bundle nice. them so everyone has got all the great content. And I'm so excited for tonight's show because it's genuinely one of my favorite people on. And I know I say this when we get uh, certain guests on, but Joe is literally... I talk, I talk to Joe probably most weeks, <laughs> at least a few times a week. Um, so I'm excited that he's on because uh, we don't talk enough on um, in person, like through a medium of video or audio. So I'm excited. Yeah. Fair. So for those of you who don't know, Joe Nolan has joined us, Fantasy Points co-owner, analyst and host of the Fantasy Points podcast and former rankings king at Fantasy Pros, Joe. That's quite a title to live up to. Oh, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, um, 
I, 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 I pulled a Bill Murray in Space Jam. I retired unbeaten and untied from the uh, from the fantasy pros competition. Uh, the the track record speaks for itself, though, I guess. But no, I, I'm I'm glad to be chopping it up with you boys. Uh, um, we almost, I think, we could have gone for the thirty minutes off air if Facebook wasn't yelling at Murph to get things started anyway. So, uh, but we're 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 here. We were chopping up a little bit about Oasis. Um, uh, which, which I don't know if they seem to be, um, in the, uh, in back in the cultural zeitgeist, or at least people are very nostalgic about Oasis at this point, 25th anniversary of be here now. So everybody's getting all, uh, all just nostalgic about them. What a time in history that I didn't get to experience like live a number one. Cause I didn't live in England. Number two, I was just probably a little too young when Oasis was at their peak to be like, I mean, everybody knew Wonderwall, but like to be a little into it and the Brit pop and all that stuff. But Murph and I have been chopping it up about that, shooting uh, about about Premier League football, which I don't really understand, but I love it anyway, and Formula One, which I don't really understand, but I love it anyway. <laughs> and Murph just Murph just helps me uh, talk all that stuff. I uh, I was trying to explain to Joe how FPL works the other day, and I said it was scoring. He's like, "How does someone score nineteen points?" <laughs> hold on a minute, hold on. When I made the chat. There was a full-blown discussion going on about IST. Oh, uh, yeah. Which seems like it had some legs before I got here. It's because I was drinking tea. Uh, Sorry. And then Joe was like, do you drink tea often? And then went, no, and he said he was having iced tea. Because you can tell by Joe, if you're, if you're watching this on the video, uh, Joe's got a little sun kiss today. He's been out in the sun with his Clemson hat on. Yeah, that uh, was uh, yeah, that was I think on Saturday because I haven't seen myself on camera since then. But on Saturday, I mowed the lawn and I didn't put any sunblock on, so uh, I guess that was it. But let me tell you something, guys. Um, if you have a lawn that has hills, you do not need to work out that day. I was dead. <laughs> oh man, a lawn with hills. Oh, yeah, but you know, it's not big enough to get a riding mower. Like a riding mower would be objectively ridiculous looking at my house. Um, <laughs> although I've always wanted one, so I have to do it the old fashioned way. But uh, oh boy, man, I was dive dead out there. That Dan solves that problem, he doesn't even need a lawnmower anymore, do you? Nope, nope, fake grass, way to go. And I was out there the other day, hard broom, sweeping it all off, all the leaves off it. And I was like, this is hell, why am I doing this? And then I was like, I see that grass, I have to do this every other week because it is after it twice a year. I can cope with that, so definitely the way to go. Anyway, if you've just tuned in, this isn't Gardens World or <laughs> some <laughs> reiteration of it. This is a genuine fantasy football podcast. Jack Humphrey's been in touch. Hi, Jack. Uh, <laughs> evening, gents. Thanks for the great con- uh, DFS content on the Ross Tucker Show, Joe. So you Appreciate have a that. fan in the house. Uh, absolutely you kill it over there every week. You and Ross, uh, definitely one of my rotational pods. Um, if you haven't checked out the Fantasy Feedbacks podcast, go check that out as well as everything at Fantasy Points. What is new at Fantasy Points, Joe? You've got a lot of stuff going on Well, yeah, uh, right now. So um, I started doing a little morning show on YouTube on Tuesday through Friday. Um, just a little, I, I call it the daily lineup. And it, and, and it you know, follows like a traditional fantasy lineup of quarterbacks, two running backs, two receivers, and a flex. And I just break down some news every day, 10 to 15 minutes, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Um, good, good uh, afternoon for you guys with your afternoon cuppa. Um, but that's, that's perfect for you guys. Um, and I'm doing that every Tuesday through Friday. I'm going to do that every Tuesday through Friday throughout the NFL season that I think that that'll be a nice little thing. Um, and we are in the process of getting our data package live uh, on the site with, a, with our native charting team. We really wanted that to be fantasy focused and we are, we are, we have not unveiled that 
as of yet. We're not selling it as of yet. We just want to make sure everything um, is good to go before that happens. But we we have um, a charter. Those guys have gone back and have charted every play of the 2021 season to give us, you know, a little bit of background. And then we're going to keep doing that going forward. So that's what's going on at Fantasy Points. And uh, we're excited about it. We're excited about what kind of feels like the first like normal year, like because obviously we launched in 2020. Uh, <laughs> it's a little dicey there. Um, last year, I think COVID was still, I, I got to be honest, was more prominent than I think most of us anticipated during the, mm. the, the season. Um, and this year, it feels like um, while COVID's still around, it feels like it's going to be something. Obviously, Murph, you and I know it's still around. Um, yeah. But uh, it feels like it's something that's going to be more on the back burner. Really just excited to, to get into the groove here with, uh, with, with the site. That's so awesome. Exciting. And yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, Joe, because um, I was on a, a call with um, Buxy O'Brien Ford a few weeks ago, um, and I actually asked the question around COVID protocols. And the Buccaneers have, and appreciate Florida, and it's I said, a bit in weird. Florida, COVID don't exist for years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always a bit weird. But the, the mentality of the Buccaneers front office is... COVID is not a thing. It's done. Yeah. It's in the it's in the past. We have no protocols. We they're gonna they've done some flexible working, so people are working at home. And if you're sick, don't come in. That's it. That is their policy. There's some public masking in a couple of areas, and some of the things are at the team where they're gonna reduce people who don't need to be around the team, won't be around the team kind of thing. But we're talking about very, very minimal stuff. Like to to the Buccaneers in Florida, this is like done. It's yeah. COVID is not a thing. If you have, if you have symptoms, test, and yeah, if, that's even that. It's yeah. literally, if you don't feel great, stay away. Like, yeah. that's it. You know, uh, that's a good thing for, like, life in general, though, now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much, right? You know what? I'm, and I'm going to call this out. I don't know. Murph, you went to school over here um, yeah. for, for how long? You went to high school here? You, I did three years of high school, and um, and let's say three years of university, whether I did them all in yeah. the right order and whether I did them all correctly. <laughs> well, Dan, sorry if you don't know the American schooling system, and it might be the same way over there, but at the end of the school year in my schools, they always hand handed out like a medal to those people, those <laughs> students who had perfect attendance. <laughs> so like these kids are coming and they're like plague rats in the fourth grade classroom and they're getting everybody else sick and they're getting perfect attendance awards. BS. Yeah. Okay. Get rid of 100%, it. Sick of it. Uh, we used to get certificates. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, there's there's something I, I talked about um, a while ago, and I don't think I talked about it here, but I talked about it with someone very recently, actually. That in my high school in Florida, first of all, it's an August to <clears> May <throat> thing, so you've got the whole summer off because it's too hot to go to school. But second of all, they had this great thing where they mark your attendance by period in high school, and you were allowed nine absences per half year before they called your parents. So all you, all I did is I kept like a book in my locker and my school was directly opposite universal studios. And I mean, when I say opposite, I mean literally over the road from universal, universal studios. studios. So when I was like, I don't want to go to trigonometry. I just bunked. I just went, <laughs> I just went and did. Uh, and then it was like trig was right before lunch. So literally I could just walk off the campus, go for, you know, 90 minutes, go to universal have a little chill and come back and do do fifth period. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. 
high school was great. You guys have such a lax system. It's it's great. Um, but yeah, the perfect tennis award. I'm with you. Um, Get rid of it. Tired yeah, of just it. work from home. Just work yeah. from home. Just that's what we got to do. Um, in terms of camp hype, is there anything <laughs> you want to mention with the games that have gone this week? Camp hype. Are you on some of these camp hype trains? Are you trying? Oh, should we distill some some myths now on players like uh, if he doesn't open Isaiah up Brady's like, back, like Isaiah likely sure. and. All these other oh, we'll talk about likely later because well let's not let's not let's not blow the tight end conversation now because we need to save it um but uh you know i've honestly kind of felt like and maybe i'm just like separating the signal from the noise way better this year but i've honestly felt like the camp reports that are like that are like overly positive or overly negative almost feel like in a way more real this year then in the past, oh, this guy, I hate the phrase, oh, he's turning heads. <laughs> I, like, I hate that. Like, but, like, the things that, like, the Romeo Dub stuff is substantial to me. Mm. Okay? Like, they need receivers, you know. Yeah, might he not? I'm, by the way, I'm not drafting Romeo Dubs to be in my lineup in week one or two. Okay? Like, I understand that. It might take time for him to get on the field. Um, the Damian Pierce stuff, they held mm-hmm. him out of a preseason game. They, and... That's that's pretty substantial to me. The Antonio Gibson stuff. Literally every piece of news on this guy since March has been negative. Mm. Now, if you think he's going in the ninth, tenth round, and that's too cheap, that's that's fine. I mean, whatever <laughs> you do, you. But like, let's not ignore some of this stuff. So, I've honestly felt like the news has been like something I can sink my teeth into. Like there, there hasn't been so much like BS news that I feel like. So, I'm sure some of it's going to be right, some of it's going to be wrong. But um, I felt like there's there, there's like a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about and we'll discuss like maybe on this program has been pretty substantial. Yeah, I, I do think that there has been a great nugget since we've been on there from Matt Floor, who calls Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon running backs 1A and 1A. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> So there well, you go. That's cleared that situation up as what's going on in the Green Bay running back room. So they're one A and one A, which means what? They're not, not going to throw the ball this year. Oh, I'm Aaron's glad. Just, well, I hope gonna... they catch passes. They need to catch passes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. No, I I I'm sort of with you. I think the thing that annoys me with with camp news, there's two things that annoy me. One, the depth chart fake news. Right, that mm. just irritates me. Like. No one's falling for the fact that Drake London is the wide receiver five. Yeah. So, like, yes. <laughs> like, no one's falling for that. By the way, like... coaches often don't even do those depth charts. I was, yeah. <laughs> I, when I was working for the Philadelphia Eagles, okay, I was, let me tell you something, Dan. I was 22 years old and I was right out of college. Guess who put that depth chart on the <laughs> website? That'd be you, sir. <laughs> me. Look, I get Dolan to do it. like now i got direction from the pr staff well andy reed wasn't wasn't in putting that depth chart on the on the website i'll guarantee you that yeah that that's the funniest thing when people overreact to depth charts i was like yeah uh, i put that on the website when i was 22 years old Uh, and you were in that meeting room with that whiteboard with it written on evolution (laughs) did you did you at any point change position so did you put like someone down or up on the depth chart oh, no. just to see if it would be his job? No, <laughs> no like there would be like there would be like the because like because the website staff and the PR staff like were separate but like uh, equal same thing. Like normally it would be hey follow the snap counts or 
uh, don't pay attention to that. Just like it was literally it like, honestly, it took like five minutes every week. Like <laughs> there, It was not a thought process at all. So yeah, that that's how seriously you should take official depth charts. Right. And if you're so, like now, Joe might do that. <laughs> I don't think it would be adverse to, to switch. Like, oh man, that would be great if I had if I had uh if I had people in the building. Hey, hey, hey! Put Ronald Jones at the top of the depth chart, <laughs> even though he might get cut. So oh, mess with mess with fantasy players a little bit. Yeah, I I tell you, I don't know how I feel if Ronald Jones got cut. There are some people on Twitter that'd be really annoyed if Ronald Jones got cut because he's still got truthers out there, which I think is amazing. But I mean, Murph. You're a Bucks guy, Dan. You're a Bucks guy. I mean, how what what do you have to be on to be a Rojo truther? Yeah, Murph, you have to be oot your nut to be a Rojo truther yeah. right now. I mean, I I like him in the sense of two eighteen, where he has a situational role and he has a value to do that role. Like on in the Super Bowl season, people forget. He had a role that was significant that led to the team winning the Super Bowl. Not down the stretch, but in the in the games with rotational, with rest. And he, he carried that backfield. And, he, you know, he's very good near the goal line. He has a role. But for fantasy football, absolutely not. My problem is, <laughs> it feels like, you know, when you're six and you're being coached and they say to you, right, you're going to be a running back. And you go, well, okay, what do I have to do? You know, we're going to give you the ball and you're going to run with it. He hasn't ever changed that mentality. He yeah. still has that mentality. He's never changed and learned the other aspects of the job. He's like, well, no. Someone told well, me 20 years ago, I've just got to get the ball and run with it. And that's what I'm doing. Well, that and, you know, I, I was very big when the Bucks drafted Rojo. They used a lot of draft draft capital on him. Um, mm. He had that home run ability. And, you know, this is a classic example of really understanding what you're getting. Because if you follow really good, smart people, year one – he came to camp massively overweight. He came to camp really out of shape, really out of condition. And that didn't impress any of the coaches. And so what happened was you had this classic situation of, well, we've spent the draft capital, so we're going to have to use you. But you're so far off the pace and your professionalism isn't that great that we're kind of in this situation where you're not going to succeed. And at the first chance, we are going to get rid of you, which is why when Tom Brady took one look at Ronald Jones and was like, yeah, you're just not going to be my guy. Like As soon as a guy comes up, I'm grabbing one. And that's what happened. Because, he, he listen, Rojo, for all intents and purposes, sharpened up in year two. He showed a bit. But yeah, he's never going to be that guy. In your, If you're drafting him in any draft whatsoever, you're drafting him. I don't know why you're drafting him. <laughs> 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 there's no scenario where well, I understand I, why. I mean, if you if you're in the last round and he's fallen to the last round, and you think, well, if Ceh gets injured like he normally does, maybe. Fair. But still, yeah, I still don't get it. I yeah. There was a lot of people taking him just after that dead zone early in the season and stuff like that. I, I mean, yeah, there was a point this. where he was like a ninth, tenth round pick, which is yeah, not yeah. The case that's what I've got. Yeah. Because of the Pacheco hype, um, which well, I hope that. you got it. I hope you got your shares in now because it's getting out of control. But like, I think the people were like, "Well, Clyde Edwards Lair stinks, so I'm going to draft Rojo," without realizing that he also stinks. So, <laughs> so there's uh, there creates that problem there too. But uh, I, that is neither here nor there. I'm gonna go. Look, I just i I don't want to rag on Sleeper too much more than I already have this off season because I'm sure they're gonna like ban me. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about Ronald. <laughs> yeah, I know we're supposed to talk about tight end. Ronald Jones' projections, yeah. his projections on sleeper 
uh, 700 rushing yards, 127 reception yards, five rushing TDs, one reception TD. That's not hard. happening. No. <laughs> no one's buying it. You know why? Yeah. There's a 22-year-old Joe sat behind the scenes going, yeah, just sticking some numbers. <laughs> just sticking in there, sleeper. <laughs> someone, yeah, someone's sleeper's having a, having a ball. But anyway, we're so off topic. Before we get into tight ends, <laughs> and tight ends, I'm going to carry out the tight end discussion by saying... I think it's fair to say that all three of us are not really tight end truthers in the sense of <laughs> uh, expending tons of draft capital, but we are going to be very fair, very balanced. And there's tight ends that we all like. So, hey, Murph, it, <laughs> Mark Andrews won me a lot of money last year. I gotta get. I, I I gotta say it. Like Mark Andrews was my fantasy MVP last year. So I'll, let me let me tip my cap to him. There we go. So there is value. We're going to talk about the position. We're going to do it a lot of great justice. Um, before we do that, I've been teasing and promising about Listener League information. If at this point you're watching us on Twitter, um, I urge you to just open another browser and just go on to uh, YouTube or Facebook um, because I'm going to chop in the chat and you won't be able to see it on Twitter, which is why I mentioned this. Um, the link to the Listener League sign-up form. And for there some it reason, it shows up three, four, five times. I don't know why. Um, anyway, it's in the chat now. So if you want to sign up to our listener leagues, because, hey, you're listening to the show live on air, um, then just click okay. that link. If you are if you are listening to this in podcast form and it drops um, tomorrow morning, tomorrow early afternoon when it drops, the link will be in the, show, in the podcast notes. You can just click that. So I just wanted to get that out there. Um, just quick rules on that. There's 10 listener leagues. Um, there's already a few spaces gone for champion staff, uh, Patreons, etc. Um, so there's about a hundred ish spots, give or take. We're asking, uh, we're going to give away one per person to start and then we see how we get on. It's a five pound minimum donation to our charity CDH UK. That'd be required before you enter the listener league. Um, so that's just because we want to do our bet, uh, and give back. We've raised nearly three and a half thousand pounds, which is about four and a half thousand dollars uh already this year we want to raise even more money so please do uh donate and i'm just making the caveat now no donation no entry you can live a long healthy life if you're hiv positive with the current treatments we can get patients down to being undetectable the array of options is so much greater today you equals you Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Just making it really clear. Prizes, limited edition. Uh, five-year rush winners t-shirt same as every year but it's a yearly winners t-shirt it gets a different design every year so worth having um and entry into the 2022 champion of champions which is going on right now and i promise you the format this year is absolutely nuts i uh literally caught this one up somewhere in the lab yeah um, i've had people message me going what do you reckon about this draft okay what draft is it they go champion of champions again i haven't got a clue i'm not in it i haven't won a five-yard league ever 
it's it's a bit nuts. Uh, I I put it this way that uh, top scoring QB last year was Tom Brady about six hundred and seventy points. Uh, the QB twelve was scoring uh, around about three hundred points. So, but it's a one QB league. Uh, the rest of it's super flex. There's enhanced scoring everywhere. Loads of bonuses. It's chaotic. Um, the idea is it's pretty equal. There's a tight end premium. The rest of the positions all come in the line quite nicely. Nice. So it's about finding your value and doing your study. But click the link. Join the league. Uh, join. Fill in the form. Three preferences. Uh, we'll work to get as many people their first preference as possible. That's all I'm going to say on the list of leagues. Let's talk tight ends. Excited Woo! for this. <laughs> um, so let's talk about our favorite tight ends. Let's start with a, a positive here. Uh, Joe, you've got definitely a guy who I absolutely love, and I knew you were going to pick him. Give yeah, him Joe team. got on the sheet before me, you see, and that's unusual when they're in America because you release a sheet, and me and Murph normally fit it out and get our guys on it. I was like, Okay, Joe's on now. I can't just repeat everything. So I've got the, the losers at the back of the list. So. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to come up with it. It was a good brain exercise for me this morning, and I was up early. So uh, I was able to get it done. Um, It's two guys who are both associated with the Eagles. One of them used to play for him. One of them still does. Two guys who are different, though. Um, Dallas Goddard, who's like, he's a yards per route run God. He's an efficiency God. He's a super athlete. He's a yak God. And Zach Ertz is kind of the opposite. He's uh, he's not a yak guy at all. He's not a super athlete at all. But he's a PPR guy. He's a he's a I need Kyler Murray needs six yards on third and six. He's Zach Ertz is going to get you six and a half. That's what he is. DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. So it's really what do you want? Do you want the the big play upside? Maybe the touchdown upside of Dallas Goddard, where he's probably going to get less volume because of the nature of the Eagles offense. Or do you want a guy who's almost certainly going to be the number one target or the 1A to uh, Marquise Brown's 1B uh, when DeAndre Hopkins is suspended in Zach Ertz? Mm-hmm. One of them tight end eight by ADP, one of them tight end nine by ADP. I like both of them. Um, so this kind of goes against our guy Scott Barrett who says either draft one of the big three or four or punt the position. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that because I'm kind of in – on uh, on this middle tier of tight ends, and that includes Ertz and Goddard, who pretty and they're not expensive. Like I like Dalton Schultz, but he's getting pretty expensive. Uh, these guys, these guys, I think can fit into any sort of build you have with your roster. That's why I like them. Yeah, we're talking top of seventh round, really round about pick seventy three. Uh, yeah. Dallas Goddard, Ertz, even later round about pick ninety, so really cheap. And I've seen him going even lower in drafts. People just, are, like Ertz, just for the lack of competition of. Targets there, yeah. especially with Hopkins out early in the season. I, I'm, I'm very much in on Dallas Goddard. I've seen him slide significantly in drafts, and he is such a good price. If you can get him outside of the seventh round, I'm not a big fan of roster construction taking a tight end in that middle round. But if I can get if I can get Dallas Goddard in the eighth round, oh yeah, I'm punching. I'm punching that button pretty absolutely. quickly because I think he's an absolute steal in that range. Talking about a guy DVOA wise. Um, <laughs> Best uh, best DVOA metrics for value per pass last season ahead of Andrews. Uh, he's top three in a lot of categories as well last season. It's just a case of, and I know people are going to talk about the competition and the wide receiver depth, but you know, at the end of the day, we know we know what Hurts can do, and we know his deficiencies, and we know his strengths. And getting the ball and releasing it to um, to Goddard is something that's going to happen quite significantly. And I think he easily outperforms tight end eight this year if he's healthy. That's the only question is whether or not he's going to remain healthy. And Ertz, I agree. I just think 
Rondo Moore's not going to get that much work. <laughs> um, it, the only thing with with Ertz for me is just that playoff stretch. I think scheduling wise, it's not great. Plus, you're going to have all these guys back. I do get a bit concerned when I look at the fantasy playoffs. Do I really think that yeah. Ertz is going to give me significant? But you got to get there, and for the cost, you're going to pay. And people always come up from the ranks, and you can pick and draft guys up. Uh, mid-season and, and off waivers, so it's not really a, a massive problem, but it's just something I've, I've got an eye on. Uh, Dan, who's your guy? Uh, well, I've gone for a guy we've already mentioned in, in Dalton Schultz, coming off a tight end six, around about pick 56, something like that, based on the ADP. Um, <clears throat> like, oh, it's really early season target. There's such little target competition there. Lamb, uh, Tolbert potentially, until Gallup comes back and it remains to be seen how long that's going to be. Um, Schultz had a career year last year, uh, finished as tight end three. Um, and he done enough to, to blow the Blake Jarwin hype clean out the water and never to be seen again in the Cowboys jersey. So that's good enough for me to, to be in on Schultz, I think. He might never be seen again in the NFL. We still not no. been signed by anybody. No, he's still injured, right? Is he? Or is he? I, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> Just, he's like, he's like Thanos. He's like, hey, Dalton Schultz, gone. I, NATO's uh, Blake, signed Blake Jarwin jersey. I'm still holding his losing value by the week then, sat in my wardrobe. <laughs> well, you, didn't, you, you only bought a raffle ticket for it. It wasn't that much. Um, I've gone for... I've gone for Cole Komet. So he's going <laughs> off the board at tight end 13. Now, we're talking about target opportunities. And we've mentioned how much there's little competition for uh, Ertz and there's not as much competition for Schultz. I mean, Cole Komet is easily the second most talented receiver on his roster <laughs> without trying. <clears throat> Um, he literally will show up and get peppered with targets. Um, the reason I like uh, Cole Komet, and I, people have come at me all offseason and said, he's got one NFL touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. He, he had Matt Nagy. So is Kyle offensive. Pitts. Don't stop I him mean, going second round, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I didn't even, but yeah, Matt Nagy, who we know is was well in over his depth. Um, and what he did last season <laughs> with Justin Fields was was nothing short of reckless. And I, I yeah. Stupid. Um, Cole Komet is a huge touchdown, reg- a positive touchdown regression candidate. My model has him bouncing, you know, on his production, should have had at least five touchdowns last year. Justin Fields is going to get better. He's going to be used a lot in this scheme. Brian DeBall, you know, uh, and the co- well, and the coaching staff, they're going to, not Brian DeBall, um, coaching staff, their new coaching staff, they're going to love him. They're going to, they're going to pepper him with targets. Um, He's a big, he's a big, big guy. And you know what? We yet to see the best. And we always see these Titans come out year three, year four, and they're going to really make it work. And I'm really excited to see what they do uh, with Komet in this scheme. And you, you got to remember, they haven't really invested in the wide receiver position. I talked about this last week. I do think they bring someone in. I don't know who it's going to be. I know they brought Nikhil Harry in for, um, you know, a bag of peanuts when they got from the plane and a conditional seventh round pick. But I do think they're going to get somebody else in. They will be, I can't see him going into the season with um, <laughs> the oldest rookie we've ever seen in the NFL in, in Vellis Jones. Um, and I can't see him going in with, with Nikhil Harry. I think they're going to need to get someone else in um, from either who gets cut or free agency or I don't know who. We, we mentioned Cole Beasley for me looks like someone who could get snapped up and, and can do a job there. So I think, and I think that will only help Colcomet even further. So, yeah, I'm all in on, on Colcomet this year. I've been snapping up in a lot of drafts. He's a very, very good price. He fits my my roster build. I'm a bit of the Scott Barrett. 
go and get a guy early, but yeah. I really only like Kelsey early. Um, or go get a, a couple of guys late and let them duke it out. And Komet really fits into that mold for me. You can get him uh, roundabout pick 128. So you're talking 11th round, which Plus. I just and I, know, I think that's great. I th- he might he he's probably their second best receiver right now. Yeah, exactly that. He's second best receiver. I think he's gonna uh, he's gonna do really well. We've had a, a question come in, so that I, he's not on the sheet. I don't think. Oh, he is. There we go. Nice segue to our least favorite. Um, so Matthew Butler asks, how do you feel about my boy Waller will do this year? Bit of a bounce back, less attention on him. Love his receiving skills, but he could have a big season. But that might just be my Raider bias. Take it away, Joe. Uh, okay. Um, first and foremost, Darren Waller has missed a lot of practice time this uh, this summer. So, all right. How do, how do I let you down easy here? Uh <laughs> Here's the thing with Darren Waller. I had a ton of Darren Waller last year, guys. You guys well know that last year, you know, he came out and he had, what, the 19 targets in week one, and he had the 10 catches and the touchdown, and you're like, oh, my God, he's going to break the tight end position. After that, he had one more game with 10 or more targets, one more game with 100 or more yards, and one more touchdown. He picked up multiple injuries. He finished just three times as a top five fantasy tight end last year. He was a bust last year. He's dealing with injuries in camp this year. They go out, and by the way, all of that was when they had one other reliable passing target. One. That being uh, that being uh, Hunter Renfro. Renfro. Now they have Devontae Adams as well. I know it's a different offense, but I can't do it. He is he is my least favorite tight end at ADP right now. I cannot do it. I'd rather. I know Murph, you might not be a big TJ Hawkinson guy, but I'd rather wait two rounds and draft TJ Hawkinson than draft Waller. Can't do it. Now that I will agree with you on, uh, I would personally stay away from both. But yes, I'm I'm with you. I I can't take Waller. I, uh, I wasn't in on him last year. I thought the price got too much, and I appreciate you had that that monster season. The thing you've got to remember with Darren Waller is he's been around a very long time, and it took a very long time to um, it took a long time for him to break out. And that's not a, that's not indicative of. I mean. Cordell Patterson's exactly the same boat, right? I'm not saying that they can't do it again. Right. But it does question why did it take so long to put it all together and what was that magic ingredient? And you got to remember as well, John Gruden was someone who, you know, he, he's a massive fan of the tight end position. He, he force fed a lot of targets to Darren Waller because of the way that that team panned out that particular season. We've got Josh McDaniel now. And then we know Josh McDaniel's creative with tight ends. Don't be surprised if you see some Foster Moreau out there with, with Darren Waller this year. And you see these two tight end sets. But we know that other than maybe in the red zone, Darren Waller is not going to get the target volume anywhere near where he used to get. It's not going to happen. They traded for Devontae Adams. You still got a pro bowler in Hunter Renfro there. They've got the best receiving core they've had probably since they last went to the Super Bowl. Um and on top of that, you've got this coaching staff that are going to do things very, very, very differently yeah. than what they have done before. And I think that just leaves Waller out in the cold. And now, I think if we were talking about <clears throat> Waller as these one of these late-round guys, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely take a flyer because he's done it before. But buying him at his near ceiling is just crazy. And and the same goes for me with TJ Hawkinson. So I'm going to segue here. TJ Hawkinson for yep. me is a guy who... I almost think very similar. 
he comes with that first round pedigree, and I think everyone's a little bit blind about which is weird because he came out the same draft and the same team as Noah Fant, and no one has that bias towards Noah Fant, who I personally still think is the better of the two players <laughs> from a talent perspective, but I digress. The problem you've got with TJ Hawkinson is is this. With the way that Detroit are going to line up this season, they have a lot more quality in the skill positions than they did last season. Last season, they had no one, and TJ Hawkinson still wasn't. And I appreciate he was injured and he missed some time with games. But we know that TJ Hawkinson is not going to be a guy who's going to get 150 targets. It's not going to happen. And on, on, and on the same token as that, he's not going to get those those red zone opportunities. Detroit is still, for all the upgrades they've made in the skill positions, they are going to struggle to score. They're going to be behind in a lot of games. They're going to take shots down the field. This is what we've seen with, with Dan Campbell. He's almost like Bruce Arians too. Which no is why I put DJ Shark in the wide receiver shoot right. last week. And he did DJ it. Shark, <clears throat> you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameson Williams Jameson when he's Williams back. You know, yeah. you're talking about these guys are going to be the guys that are going to get all of these targets. <clears throat> and I just don't, I think that He's going to be okay, TJ Hawkinson. I think he's going to get somewhere between 80, 90 targets. I think he's going to have an okay volume. I think he's going to be a low-end tight end one. But I can't get in at taking a guy with 80, 90 targets as a low-end tight end one in the in the sixth round. I just Hawkinson can't. feels like a, a move-a-stick target. It feels like if you get in the league with points for first down, yeah, I think it might be worth it. When they're, when they're at third and four and things like that, that's when I think that we're looking at Hawkinson just to keep him on the field. But is, is TJ and the thing you've got to think about with the position here, right? So we, we've got this elite tier at the top, which no one's disputing. When you get into guys like TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller, are these guys that much better than the Cole Comets of this world and the and the Zach Ertzes and the and the Dallas Goddards? Are they really gonna blow them out of the water? No. They're just not. They might get a handful of points more. They might get a handful of points less. They might even be significantly behind. But I can't see a world where they're going to outscore Goddard, Komet, and Ert by 50 to 80 points. And that is what you're paying in capital, in drafts. Is You're paying for them to be that much better. And they're not going to be. That's why I can't invest. It's, it's nothing on the player or the talent. It's just not going to be that much better than what you can get yeah. seven rounds later. That's the bottom line. Uh, I think Pat's managed it with Gronk, uh, fairly similar skill set players. When Gronk was really successful in fantasy football, he was like the only target on that uh, Patriots team for a long time in Edelman. So, yeah, I think it's a very different ball game for for that. But, yeah, thoughts on uh, TJ Hawkinson? I know you you like him more than Waller, Joe. I mean, I like him at price more than Waller he's just super talented and I'm a little more positive about the Lions but I I can understand where you're saying like he's one of the guys who we mentioned Scott Barrett already go big or go home at the position this is this is what I feel about um about like a TJ Hawkinson maybe he's one of those guys who you're like all right why would I take him when Cole Komet although he's not as gifted could be available five rounds later that that that's the way I feel about him so I think your opinion is totally fair quite frankly yeah and, yeah. that, and that, I think that's what we're saying. And I think I've talked about this for a few years that I just, until there's a really exceptional need. And and to be fair, Mark Andrews was this last season. Mark Andrews was that one guy in that middle tier at the tight end position in you know, those rounds five through six mm-hmm. that was well worth a bet. And it paid off big time. And, and as you say, Joe, you won a lot of money as a result. Yeah, Mark Andrews was just so fantastic for me. And I don't feel that these guys are anywhere near that level. 
And um, yes, we weren't predicting what Mark Andrews was going to do, but we knew Mark Andrews had top three, top four tight end seasons because he'd done it before. I don't see that with Hawkinson. I don't see that. I know Waller did it previously, but I don't think he's got that in different system anymore. I don't see it with quite a few guys in that range. And I'd rather get my QB and a, and a wide receiver in, in that range than, than that. Who's your guy, Dan? Because he's a little bit later than the range. But well, I, he's later, yeah. <clears throat> and even at ADP, I've gone with Pat Freer over at um, Pittsburgh. I think the increase in targets, the way they're playing, real uncertainty of QB. Um, I just expect him. I, he's one of those for me that falls top tier. Nick Brackett, if I've got to Freemuth and I'm still looking for a tight end, I'm probably not going to bother. And I'm going to take someone else a little bit later that can still make that top 10 to 15 tight end range. Freemuth's come off the board at tight end 11. I think it's probably the highest he will finish. I think that's his ceiling. So I'll gamble down on someone else. And if I get 12 or 13 tight end a couple of rounds later, I'll be okay with that. So, yeah, for me, somebody I have next to nothing off going into this year. Okay. I think that I think that's fair. I I probably a little higher than you on on free move. I yeah. think in that range, I'm quite happy. If it depends, I mean he's in that range with Mike Gazicki, Cole Komet, um, and I'm quite happy in that range to take one of those guys over over free move or with free move. But yeah, I see what you're saying. I think there's a lot of uncertainty there in terms of who is going to be the favorite target. There, one of those guys will come out that pack. They do every year. It's yeah. just if you get the right guy, right. So speaking of guys we expect to maybe come out of a tier, let's look at guys we expect to outperform um, ADP. And uh, there's a question in the chat. So maybe I'm going to kick this back to you, Dan, on thoughts on Gerald Everett. <laughs> He's the man. Uh, Gerald Everett is someone I've been banging on about for a while. I've got a lot of Gerald Everett. Um, I just expect a big season for him now in, in LA. Um I like the talent. I like the set. Justin Herbert's there. Yeah. It's just tight. It's kind of boards tight end 20, 182 picks. So at that level, the new setup he's got, I'm gambling. I know we've spoke before about Jared Cook didn't really deliver in the role last year and things like that. For me, Joe Everett's a far better tight end there, and I'd expect him to, to do okay. So a tight end 20 coming off the board, I'll take that and hope he can finish up as a, a 10 to 12 tight end one on your roster. Okay. Uh, you got another guy on your list, right? I have. Someone that's, well, slipping through drafts. Logan Thomas. He actually yeah. come off the pup list yeah. today as well. So that seemed real apt. I put him on the sheet about 20 minutes before the news broke. So um, he was on for a top tight, top 10 tight end um, before going down and so on. And the year before, I think he, he did finish top 10 tight end. Uh, Wentz is there. There's not a lot else going on. They're going to be behind in games similar to Cole Komet. You know, they're going to be behind in games. You're going to have to throw the ball regularly. Um, there's not a great deal of options there in Washington. So if Thomas can get healthy and get on the field, uh, yeah, he's going to be touching that tight end one bracket. And if you're taking him at tight end 26, I'd expect him to outperform that all day long. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. 
HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a, a really good point. I think people were very scared about the injury with Logan Thomas. Uh, as you say, he's come off the pup list today. I think his ADP shoots now. The fact that he's come off the, the pup list, yeah. I think... I think he's going to jump 50 spots in the next couple of weeks when we see an ADP update. I think that's huge news. And I think he's definitely one of the best of those sort of late round guys. Uh, Joe, you've got uh, someone in this range who you... He's uh, not a tight end. Yeah. So it's Taysom Hill. And the question I ask you is, how many guys at, at the tight end position who are basically going undrafted in drafts? Yep. Now he's like a tight end three if you're doing best ball. How many guys have a legitimate shot to start a game of quarterback this year? Correct. And maybe it's gonna... maybe it's a five percent hey, chance. Even if he doesn't, how many of your tight ends on your rosters are going to get rushing touchdowns this year? Yeah, his role is like they can say all they want. Oh, he's a tight end now, and maybe he is. He's doing more of a focus. He's going to have the goal line gadget role, not all the time, but he that's yeah. going to be part of what Taysom Hill right. does. So, I mean. Laugh all you want, but there's definitely somebody listening to this podcast who's like, oh my God, I am dead at tight end. My tight end <laughs> one got hurt. My backup's on by. Screw it. I'm picking up Taysom Hill. Maybe he's going to fall into the end zone today. It's yeah, going to happen. Tons of Taysom Hill and for myself. Uh, and again, I'll go to Scott Fishbowl. Tight end three. Second to last round, I think. I'll stick that there. Winston goes down in the first couple of weeks of the season. I'm laughing. Yeah, I, I think you, you definitely got to look at, at, at Taysom Hill and think, because he's going to do a bit of everything. It's just a consistency thing. I guess my only thing with having Taysom Hill on the roster is, do I ever feel like I can actually start him in a game? That's my only thing, but for the fact he's free, you never know. You might as well have him on your roster. You see what happens the first few weeks of the system. If he lines up in the Wildcat, he's going to be an absolute steal. And, and they will do that at some point. So... Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting... He's one of those guys, if you've picked up a top tight end early, get him late because you need him for one week. You need him on bye week and that is all. And if you hit yeah. the jackpot on that week and that's the week he has that rushing touchdown, that's a win. Yeah, I I, I, I do agree with you there. I think it is definitely something to be said there. Um, the guy I'm looking at in, in sort of, I really expect to smash ADP is... I'm going to caveat this by saying that he might be one of the most boring fantasy players you can ever own. <laughs> Okay, I am going to caveat this here and say I'm never excited to go into a draft and, and draft Tyler Higby. I'm not. I don't. I don't go into a draft thinking, "Oh my god, I cannot wait to draft Tyler Higby today." Absolutely not. He's going off the board at eight, at at tight end twenty two. We're talking about guys to start in tight end for the Rams. So you're talking about a guy on a great offense. I know he is actually remarkably consistent as well. It's just. He, he is that little bit boring. He's not going to get a ton of touchdowns, which I guess you're looking for at the position. But if you need to put in a, a player for that sort of one week, two week flex play, who's going to get your seven or eight points just to get out of there and move on. I like Tyler Higby there. I can't see a reason he's not going to outperform ADP at, at tight end 22, mainly because I just don't think there are 21 better tight ends in the NFL. And it's just no disrespect. I'm looking at some of the guys who outperformed in last year who aren't going to do that this year. CJ Azuma, uh, Tyler Conklin, 
that you know they're not going to do it. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, Gronk's retired. He might come back. He might not. I doubt that's going to happen. You know, there's some guy Jared Cooks. You know, not got a team. Um, <laughs> so there's some guys here that he's just automatically going to jump up uh, anyway. And he was still hovering around tight end 18 last season, and he he missed a few games. If he plays 17 games, he's averaging about seven or eight points a game. And he's fairly consistent with that number. It's not exciting. I'm not saying you should go into it and give you like the, this amazing pick that's going to just really like change your life. You could draft Tyler Higby and pretty much forget he's on your roster. But you know what? When you need him in a clutch just to get you those sort of eight points at tight end, you'll be glad you got him. Yeah. Those really boring picks do end up winning you some weeks. And Tyler Higby will do that. Um so he's my guy. I think he, he's going to, I'm not going to say he's going to smash ADP, but I do think he's going to greatly finish. And I think he'll be around that sort of <clears throat> tight end 14, tight end 15 conversation. So I do think he's going to be worth taking over some of these junk guys. I'm not sitting here projecting him to be the next, uh, you know, the next Darren Waller or, or George Kittle. But I do think he's, there's some merit to just having a really safe floor play as your tight end two for your bye weeks. And that's what Tyler Higby is going to give you. And you're pretty much getting him for free. Well, not almost free at this point. You're getting him in around about the, uh, uh, yeah, the last couple of rounds. Yeah. About 15. Yeah. So under the radar tight ends. And so we teased this earlier, Joe. So let's go to your guy, Isaiah Likely, (laughs) who has been catching some heat in, uh, in preseason, he uh, is currently going off the board at tight end fifty. Um, I'm not even going to bother. Not for long. Not for long. Um, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on on, on him? And, and obviously, we talk about what's what he's been doing. But what excites you about him? Uh, so, here's what excites me about uh, uh, um, Isaiah Likely. Who are the proven pass catchers on the Baltimore Ravens offense? Rashad Bateman and I I don't even know if you can consider Rashad Bateman proven. I wouldn't. Oh, no, come on. No, he's going to be good. Hey, Murph, he's my most drafted player in all of fantasy, okay? (laughs) Number one. But he's not proven. But here's the thing. Who is the receivers behind Bateman? Let's just say he is proven. I I really... I really like Duvernay, to be honest. He's a, he's a wide receiver steal for me. I actually think he's a significantly underrated. But, and I really like James Prochet, but I don't think that's going to work out run. well. Um, no. And then, I mean, honestly, he can, Brett, actually, he can catch a ball. Many, many will argue likely can't run either. But, like, look what they did. They spent two, two draft picks on tight ends this year. They don't. Ha- they did. They did nothing at wide receiver. They had just signed Demarcus Robinson, who couldn't stick with the Chiefs or the Raiders. I mean, so don't get excited about Demarcus Robinson. If there is a team in the NFL in the modern era that's going to run thirteen personnel, one running back, three tight ends as its base offense, you are looking at it. You're looking mm-hmm. at it like Isaiah likely is going to be a contributor on this team, and he is free in drafts. And but all the rookie tight end caveats. That's fine. Yeah, I get it. But you could make an argument that he's going to be third on this team in catches this year. I think you can make that an easy argument based on his preseason. I'm not telling you to go out and draft him in the 10th round. I'm just saying keep an eye on Isaiah Likely. Yeah, I think you, sure, you make a great point there with, with the way that they're 
they're set up there. And, and, and listen, you've got to remember that, <laughs> that John Harbaugh and the Ravens aren't afraid to do something that nobody else does or I'll go completely off grid. We saw this, what happened with Lamar Jackson and the way they run that offense a couple of years ago. So it, Absolutely would not shock me to see three, three tight ends on the on the field at any point, and I think you're right. I think you'll see a lot of a, a lot of uh, personnel there where you'll see a lot of two sets, and I think he's going to make feature. But I don't think it starts quick. I think it's going to be one of those slow burns. But boy, by bye week season, you'd be pretty glad you got him on your roster if he's catching some. For balls. sure, Dan, who's your guy? Murphy, who's... I was come to you. You've got another rookie, right? <clears throat> Yeah, so I, I I've got Daniel Ballinger, right? Um mm. Daniel Ballinger's coming off the board at, at tight end thirty three. I know he's been slightly <laughs> underwhelming in preseason, but these are the guys he's gotta beat out in camp. Ricky Seals Jones, who's never held down a starting job. I can't remember the last time he got a starting job after being so incredible in college. Um and uh you know, we we're talking about a tight end um oh, Evan Ingram, who just can't stay fit. <laughs> So, yeah, Daniel Be- Daniel Bellinger's path to starting is pretty clear. He's not he's literally got to just stay fit, and he's almost guaranteed to start. So you're talking about getting a tight end at the wide receiver 33, or at a tight end 33, who's going to pretty much be the starter because there isn't going to be anyone else. He's almost nailed on. You're looking at a pass catching team that that wide receiver core is pretty poor. I mean, I know we've got Galladay in there. Um, you got Wondell Robinson, who's going to be good. He's got in the a lot slot. to prove. Let's say that. And then you, and, and, and people talk about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is not a terrible quarterback. I know, I know, he's funny to rag on Daniel Jones, and I know that he's not this elite performer, but he's not bad at throwing the football. He can't protect it for anything, but he's not bad at throwing the football, and he will get the ball to guy. The biggest problem that Daniel Jones has had in the last two seasons is that every person on his offense goes down injured. He ends up throwing it to a bunch of Joes on the street. And so Daniel Ballinger's got some talent. He showed this at San Diego State. He's very creative in the way that he runs routes. And he is a bit of a surprise. The way that he plays the game, it's very difficult to scheme against because he will just go slightly off piece. And if he can get into a rhythm with Daniel Jones, he is going to catch fire. And he's going to start. He's going to get games. To be honest, <laughs> with the way that Galladay played last season, if the same happens again, plus we know that with Brian DeBall, he likes targeting tight ends, especially in that red zone. If he gets himself big and he gets you know lots of space there in that red zone, there's no reason he can't come away with six, seven targets, next, uh, six, seven touchdowns next season. And he could be one of those guys that we talk about as a weekly streamer that could be just a, a red zone uh, tight end or bus play, uh, touchdown or bus play for the tight end position. And I think Ballinger there fits a lot of. A lot of excitement for me. So I, I'm quite happy to buy him at, at cost, which is free. You can get him in the last round of drafts. He's going at pick 3-3-1. Three, three, uh, and definitely a best ball candidate, although I don't think many people are doing best balls now. But yeah. <laughs> Tom. Dan, who are your guys that you're expecting sort of under the radar right now? Um, Quick note for Cam Bright. There's still this uncertainty around Gronk and what's going on. And I know we drafted... Tampa two tight ends again in, in Co-Cleft and Kate Otten, but can break the league that he showed last year is a, a reliable red zone target for Brady. Um, at the minute, the job's easy to start in tight end coming off coming off boards currently incredibly late at uh, tight end 24. Uh, and the one I really like at the minute is Brevin Jordan <clears throat> uh, down in Houston. Didn't play the first seven weeks, came in, had a bit part role, but showed he could do it. He earned some trust. And he fits into my 
I'm big on Nico Collins and yourself, Murphy, you're big on Brandon Cooks and Davis Mills. And I just think a lot of that Texans offense, fantasy-wise, could have a sneaky good year. Um, being behind in games, game scripts. So, Jordan's going to lead that field. I, I, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll outperform tight end 30 quite comfortably. Are you not worried that he's going to get traded? Who, Brevin Jordan? Well, because he, he almost got traded and he failed yep. the medical. So the fact that they were willing to deal him um, for not a lot um, and he failed the medical, that's a concern for me. Like I get that he's back and he might stay. And if he's there, he's going to be part of that offense. But I, I can't help but feel that I can't see him in a Texans uniform come October. And then all bets are off where he goes. I get that. I think... They're going to have to put him in the shop window to some extent. So I think he'll start as a Texan. Um, I can see him coming in for a side who loses someone. Let's say Logan Thomas comes back and goes down. That sort of situation would, would suit him. So I don't know. I, I, either way, he should still have a form tight end 30 if he's on a field, no matter where it is for me. So and at that stage, I've got two tight ends on the roster already. So you're really looking for upside. Um, I think he's got the ability. Um, situations different now. Nice. Okay, so we move over <coughs> to not touching these guys at all costs. I'm going to go to Joe because I talked about Daniel Ballinger. One of his guys is directly related to that. So, Joe, take away uh, tight ends you're not touching at all, at all costs. We've lost your audio. You've muted. Sorry, my dogs were barking, which is why I <laughs> muted. And I totally forgot to unmute. Uh, did you hear that, by the way? Uh, no. didn't hear anything oh wow okay so i muted this this must be a pretty good noise canceling microphone um <laughs> anyway uh so the two the two tight ends that i am not touching at any cost tight end 15 noah fant who a number one is playing with the worst quarterback situation in the nfl b is playing with the backups he's playing into the fourth quarter and um i i do not have good vibes on noah fant at all with seattle i think will disley they trust him more and the, my other guy is evan ingram like uh, fool me Fool me once, fool me 47 times, shame on me. I mean, forget about Evan Ingram. I know everybody's like, oh, the Jaguars are, are going to run these multi-tight end sets. Well, here's the thing. Doug Peterson wants to be an 11 personnel guy. He just ran a lot of 12 personnel because the Eagles had Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck, and then they had Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. So he's like, well, I have to use these guys. They're expensive and they're good. I think what the Jaguars have done this offseason is shown you they want to be an 11 personnel team. Christian Kirk is going to be their slot receiver. So I, and by the way, Evan Ingram stinks. So let's, yeah. let's not bury the lead. So no, I'm not touching Evan Ingram. No, Evan Ingram has shown he had, he had one season, his rookie season, he was great. And then ever since has continued to disappoint fancy owners. And I think you're right. You, you know, you're not, you can just see, as you say, with 11 personnel, because they're paying guys like Zay Jones, 30 million over, over a few years to, sure. to come in. Like they have roles to find. And, Say what you want about Doug Pedersen and the end of the uh, time at the Eagles. He's a very smart and very well-established football coach who knows how to get the best out of the players that he's got. Don't this guy was a backup in the NFL for years. So he knows how to manage players and player expectations. He's not bringing in, you know, he's not going to, yeah, as you say, he's not going to bring in 12. I actually think that the, um, the better bet on that roster is the Titans that are already there. I think Evan Ingram is a guy you can just ignore. I think he's just not even worth 
worth picking up there. Dan Arnold, to me, is the guy I would... <clears throat> and, in fact, I think he's worth a very, very <clears throat> late start because I actually think he, he could thrive in that offense. Um, not to get, like, I'm not saying he's going to finish as a tight end 12, 15, but as a late tight end two guy, he's I think Dan Arnold has some, weeks, has some weeks that he could be relevant. Yeah. I don't think it's Evan Ingram. I think Evan Ingram will get injured in, like, week three and disappear like he does most seasons. <laughs> and Noah Fanson, so what... Why do you think that they traded for Noah Fant if you think that they're just going to keep Disley there? Do you think it was like, take a look at this guy, he's a former first-round pick, yeah. let's get what we can, maybe appease the fans and try and sell it as, hey, we got former first-round pick Noah Fant as part of this trade? I, I thought that was entirely what it was. It was, okay. hey, this guy's talented, let's see what he does. Oh, he's not having a good hand. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's entirely what it is. Uh, and and maybe maybe he earns a role, but I'm not counting on it right now. I just I just love Noah Fant the player. Like it annoys me that it has not happened for him in the NFL. Yeah, um, because of, because he's had yeah, flashes. Yeah, I, the talent is supreme. If you if you look at what he did at Iowa, the talent is I for me at the time he was drafted. I remember saying, I look stupid now. He was probably one of the, if not the best tight ends I've seen come out of college in years. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believed that when he was drafted. And I thought, right, okay, going to Denver, they get a QB. That's going to really work out well for him. And now he's tied to the peripher- you know, to the arm of Drew Locke for eternity. Like they've been wedded in some sort of weird uh bridal shower <laughs> and they're forever wedded in eternity like until uh, death do us part that seems to be the the, the score with those two and, and no one's happy with the either uh with the the other <clears> one either so that's a shame i really like i really like no fan uh and i wish it would work out for him dan you had engram uh also you've got an, another player on there as yeah. well why why are you fading engram and uh i mean it's pretty obvious but um yeah. Anything to add, and then who's your other guy? No, my other guy, it feels almost controversial. I'm trying to question myself as to why I literally have next to nothing of Dawson Knox. Um, Situation fits, offense fits, high scoring, lots of throwing. It just, I don't know. It just feels like a good year last year. I'm expecting some touchdown regression. They brought in OJ Howard, who I am still a big fan of. Uh, I believe they take some red zone work, believe it or not. Everybody's on the Gabe Davis hype train coming out of the slot there in, in Buffalo. So I don't know. I, it isn't the fact that I'm avoiding him at all costs. I just have found myself avoiding him at all costs. Does that make sense? I'm not sending him to drafts going, I am not getting this guy. I just haven't. Uh, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> um, I have some reasoning as to why I'm fading Knox. Um sure. The first one is, you know, Brian DeBall's gone, and that that was a really appealing part of picking tight ends in that scheme because they were very good at getting um, at scheming those guys open. The two things that have changed radically in that offense this year at the tight end position, one is Brian DeBall's gone, um, and they've got uh, Ken Dorsey in. Now, Ken Dorsey's a first-time um, coordinator. Um, he was there last season. Well, he's been at the Bills, I think, a few years. He, he used to be the, the quarterback's coach, and... Uh, I think he was involved in some of the scheming around passing uh, passing plays with the ball, and, and it's effectively it's an internal um, promotion there. But I, I always get concerned 
slightly when you get a first-time coordinator in the NFL because you always question, are they going to continue in the same offensive vein as their predecessor or are they going to stamp their mark and do something different? And typically what these offer, and again, this is, this is just using collective experience, not pointing that this is going to happen. Typically, these offensive coordinators will try and do something a little bit different with the offense. I'm not saying they're going to radically be like, oh, they're just going to run the ball nonstop and forget about Josh Allen. That's not what I'm saying. I just think there's going to be some fundamental changes with the way that they approach the tight end position this year. Also, the fact they brought O.J. Howard in. Now, I know O.J. Howard has had lots of injuries. There's competition for targets that weren't there. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Situationally, I'm just a little bit concerned of what could happen with Knox. And I think for the price you're paying, there's just other guys there that you can wait around. It's the similar to the TJ Hawkinson argument. I've got nothing against the talent. There's a few question marks there. I'm not sure how it's going to play out. I can get a similar guy two rounds later where I'm pretty confident where it's going to work out. I'll take yeah. the known quantity over in terms of what I know the situation I think is going to be versus it's just a bit too ambiguous there for me with, with Dawson Knox. So and I think a lot of it is, for me, is where they are. So my least favourite was Freema from tight end 11 and my not touching is Knox at tight end 10. And I just yeah. think that's the way I draft. It's early or late. And I'm, they're both falling in that middle window where I'm going, I don't really get this. Do you know? <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And and I'll finish this off with the guys not touching. TJ Hawkinson, I've mentioned. Um, it's just the value. If he was five rounds later, I'd pick him up. It's it's not a question of talent. It's just it, it doesn't work for me. The other one is is, is sandwich between a few guys we talked about is Mike Kaziki at Titan 12. Mm-hmm. Mike Kaziki is this guy who's an absolute athletic freak. He's an absolute freak. If you saw him at the combine when he came into the league, he had this amazing athletic profile that we just thought this guy's going to be an absolute stud and just for whatever reason he's just one of these under the radar guys and i'm not saying he's a bad player at all because he's always consistently around that sort of anywhere between tight end 8 and tight end 14 and he's a pretty boring pick but at that range i'm thinking i'll go with cole Komet because i think he's going to shoot more there's no ceiling in Mike Gazicki. There's no ceiling. If you're going to go for a guy late, I think you've got to get a guy who could shoot. And I'm talking about the God, the Goddard, the the Ertz, the Comets. I think you've got to take a guy who potentially is going to be touching top five if it breaks right for them. I don't see a world where everything breaks right for for Gazicki and he finishes above tight end ten because he hasn't. And they get, it's a new offense. It's Mike McDaniel. 
Um, we know that they can scheme the tight ends, but I think there's so much going on with that offense. You've got Waddle, you've got Cedric Wilson. Again, similar to the argument we talked about with the Jags, going to line up in a lot of 11. We know they're going to get a lot of wide, <laughs> wide receiver plays, a lot of mouths to feed. The running backs are going to get theirs. I think Mike Gazicki is just going to get a little bit lost in all of this offense, and I think he's going to be fine, and he might return a tight end 12 finish. He probably will. But I, I just don't want to take a guy and go, that's all he can do. I'd rather take a guy and go, I'll, I'll go around or two later, I'll get the Cole Komet, or I'll go around earlier and I'll get Zach Ertz in that similar range, <laughs> and I'll get a guy that's going to outperform and, and get me what I need from the position. Uh, if not, because if you're just going to draft a guy, when you're talking about the difference between tight end 12 and tight end 18, it's like two points a week. It's minimal. It's so negligible what the difference is at that position from that range that it's it's just not worth spending any capital on. Just pick a couple of guys up at the end of the draft. We've just given you half a dozen. Another one here that's been mentioned, Irv Smith. You know, he's a guy that could break right. Like, take chances on those guys. Don't get the guys projected to be tight end 12 and he finishes tight end 11. It's just You're not going to get a great deal of value out of that for what you pay at the position versus taking the guy who might finish at tight end 15 or might finish at tight end 6. Um, because tight end 15 is not a drop-off. Not really. Over the course of the season, it's 20, 30 points. It's, it's just so negligible, it's not even worth mentioning. That's my thought, man. Fair Anything to add? Sounded <laughs> good to me, good. Murph. I feel, yeah, I feel right. like I feel like a really buried players about burying the talent. It's just the tight end position, and I think we the reason why I think we're all just not overly enthusiastic about it as, as fantasy players is because they need to either think, and this is why tight end premium exists. It's because of the fact you need this scoring to make the position interesting, or you need to do something to make the position interesting because. Quite frankly, you've got the guys at the top and then you've just got this tier of guys. And we're, we're projecting guys who we think can do quite well or guys who we don't think are going to do quite well. But ultimately, they're going to be covered by about 70, 80 points. Mm-hmm. And if you get the right guy and he outperforms ADP, you'll probably add an extra win or two to the position. And if you don't, you'll probably lose a couple. But ultimately, this is why streaming the position completely is a viable strategy in fantasy football. You could literally get away with drafting two late guys who are practically free. And if it doesn't work, you go to the wave wire and you match up stream every week because it's going to be guys. And if you hit that right enough, you'll drop, you'll stream the tight end eight or nine or 10. I mean, I've successfully drafted three top three, top seven finishes at the tight end position from guys who are under 30% owned. It's a position that, you can get an advantage if you, but you've got to pay for it. Um, and or if you can identify these breakout guys like Logan Thomas, like George Kittle, um, like Dalton Shorts, and you can get in on all these guys early. And there's always a guy on the waiver wire. Week one, week two, there's always a guy who goes on to have a decent season. Robert we mentioned some of them. Daniel Bellinger. These guys will yeah. be here. Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah Likely, you know, yeah. Gerald Everett. These are all guys that are all these potential guys that could break out. And do you know what? Even if we haven't, you keep listening to the content, you listen to guys like Joe, you listen to us, and we'll tell you when to get these guys because they will come up in the season. And, you know, 
you're working out. So I guess what <laughs> what we've decided is the tight end position. You can just ignore it. Just don't worry. Nothing. <laughs> well, I can I can see the argument on on Andrews. I I'm not going to do it, but I can get it. But um, cool. in terms in terms of the any Joe, what are you what are you thinking on the rest of the tight end position? Is there anyone else you want to talk about? Is there anyone else you want to cover? We have talked about a lot of tight ends here. Um, we haven't mentioned yeah. Kittle. We haven't mentioned a couple of guys. Is there anyone else you want to mention? Let, let's do a really boring one. If you need one at the end of your draft, who's probably going to catch passes, and that's probably going to be Austin Hooper. <laughs> they, have, I mean, they have no receivers. Traylon Burks is struggling out of the gates. Nobody wants to be a Hooper scooper. Nobody wants to draft them. Nobody wants to use them. But don't be shocked if he catches sixty passes this year. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it might be sixty passes for three hundred and twelve yards, but it, don't be shocked if he catches sixty passes. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. What about and something that's not come up in the chat? But Albert O. In terms of what's going oh. on with Denver played the entire game my question here's my question if he's not their top tight end who is Dolchich hasn't practiced he has a hamstring injury I I mean that they have Eric Saubert and Eric Tomlinson I mean and the question and then of course Russ has very rarely been somebody who supports a great fantasy tight end so yeah I'm a little concerned there man I'm a little concerned yeah, I do actually like Dolce's as a dynasty asset. I do actually think he's uh, heavily talented. He was one of my favorite tight ends coming into this class, and I do feel like he could progress. And I think the fact that Albert O is not, is not <laughs> as you say, he's playing games. Like, I don't yeah. really know what's going on there. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, look, I took him. He was available in like the 13th round of some drafts, and I took him as a sprinkle because you think, eh. Let's see what happens, but I don't feel good about it. I don't look at him and get overly excited. I think I'm I not sure something. either of those tight ends is going to be great for fantasy this year. Dolchich meaning as well. Uh, no, I, no, I don't no, know no. About that. Yeah, no. I think I think Dolchich could have some relevance towards like down the stretch, but yeah, he's not someone I'm putting on a roster right now. But he's someone I'm keeping an eye on. Um, he, he's one of those guys I would star and just keep an eye on for the second half of the season because I think he's he's someone that will. I'm going to say this now. He will end up in a waiver wire column somewhere this season, Greg Dulcich. Um, but it's just how late in the season uh, that will happen. Um, I'm just thinking if there's anyone else here that we should cover. I'm not going to do all the rookies. Uh, Hayden Hurst in Cincy. I just don't see him getting any work at all. Uh, Robert Tunyon, I know he's he's injured right now. But given the lack of passing options, he's going off the board at... Tight end 19, 175. He's going in between Smith Jr. and Gerald Everett. Are we sprinkling him a little bit. And he comes back healthy enough, early enough. I, yeah, I keep an that's eye. That's fine. That's fine. One more. Yeah. John U. Smith. Any thoughts on John U. Yeah. Oh, good up? one. Good one. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think there's here for John. I mean, this is a guy who's available 30 plus tight ends into your draft, right? I mean, I think there's an opportunity here for him. So, John U. Smith, uh, current ADP. 39. Yeah, he's going off the board. 39, pick 304. So, you know, free at this point, as you say. It's got to be, yeah, I mean, everyone, <laughs> he, I remember everyone being on the John U. Smith hype train and then he's just literally gone, oh, well, he's never had more than 500 yards in the regular season, so no one should touch him for dust. But, yeah, it could happen with him with a new offensive coordinator. Again, when you're looking at late round tight ends or free tight ends, 
Look at guys who have situations where they can only improve. New offensive coordinator in New England. We know how much Bill Belichick loves and targets tight ends. They pay John Lou Smith a lot of money, a lot of money to just do nothing basically right now. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine that's going to continue to be the situation there. Um, I think that's a situation that, 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 as we say, could develop. Dan Arnold, I think, is one in uh, in Jacksonville. I think he's likely to be out Evan Ingram for the job and keep that uh, going forward. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. One to watch if you want a really sneaky play, and I wouldn't recommend this on a regular basis, but uh, Derwin Smythe is one that I really <laughs> like as a sprinkle play, like just very, very in a really deep, like mm-hmm. 25 30 round draft in the very last round. Because uh, he's the red zone, or he was last season, whether this happens, and again, it's the last round, no one's touching you, no one's got him on the list anywhere. Um, but I think the fact that he he was catching, you know, passes in the red zone last season, and he was getting touchdowns, and he was pretty much vulturing them for Mike Gazicki. Um, uh, if you're looking for just that tight uh, that touchdown or bus play, you know, one one reception for one yard and a touchdown, that's still six point one fantasy points. That's still going to finish as a tight end eighteen on the week. That's not going to kill you. And if no, it's a PPR, no. it's seven point one. Happy days. You're, you're pretty much halfway home there. Um, you got to remember, you're really only looking for like eight points from a streaming tight end. So that will do you for a week and it won't kill you. So um, this has been awesome. I've really yes. enjoyed it. Uh, before we go, Joe, favorite Oasis song? Um, no. If I give us your top five, because I know Joe's a massive Oasis fan. He's a massive fan of British culture in general. Ooh, um, and we've been talking five. Oasis songs. I want to hear, yeah, I want to hear your favorite top five songs before we go acquiesce slide away supersonic um stand by me that one is just so pompous it is is the pomposity of that song is just it's just oh god it it absolutely kills me oh man Mm. let's see here i love i really like cast no shadow yeah so I'm, I'm I'm much more of an early Oasis fan. Who isn't? Mm-hmm. Um, I know Murph that uh, among the uh, of the of the very um, uh, let's say maligned fourth album, "Standing on the Shoulder," singular of Giants. You are a fan of Gas Panic, which is a great song. I love Gas Panic. Gas Panic is one of the most underrated songs. Uh, I'm not gonna say of all time. That's a bit harsh, but I think it's such an underrated song that people. There are some good songs on that album that people just forget because people got bored of Oasis at that point and they were churning out some stuff after Heaving Chemistry that was... Well, no, it was before Heaving Chemistry. Heaving Chemistry was kind of like the, re, the rebirth of it. Um, I Yeah, Gas Panic for me, great song. Absolutely love it to bits. Dan, do you have any Oasis song? What's your top five sort of Oasis songs? Oh, top five. Better Man, quite like. Yeah. Um, she's Electric, good old song. Didn't think you were going to say that. Yeah, it's one of mine. I love She's Electric. I that's my karaoke. That is my karaoke song. 
Oh, I love it. That's my karaoke song. I'll film it, Joe. I'm out of Murph in a couple of weeks. I'll bust it open all day long. I Oh, my God. I love She's Electric. That's just an absolute banger. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, there's so many in there. Live Forever is a good one. But, yeah, you can keep going. Can you? Yeah. I mean, I like Aquises. Uh, Married with Children. Yeah, it's just the simplicity of the song. I just, I just, I don't know why, um, but I absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, definitely that's that's in there uh, for me. Uh, Champagne Supernova. I, I know it's so chalky, but it's just every time I hear that song, I just go into this place that's just absolutely uh, incredible and can just tune out the entire world. Uh, same goes with with Live Forever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I could just, I could listen to that every day for the rest of my life. Quite quite happily and then this is where i struggle because it's like you've got one spot left and you're thinking uh it's the last round pick the upside yeah of course and and the, like this one really completely depends on on the day because i i could pick something like fading out which is on the be here now album which people yeah. would just be like what oh. um she is love that's just because uh, it's just like a, a simple little Riff that just gets me going. Roll with it. It just takes me back to classic '90s pop mania, and when I got into everything, I even think "Back It Up" off "Dig Out Your Soul" was a really good song. Um, the rest of the album was garbage, um, but that was a really good song. Um, "Slide Away." I mean, look, I could I could go on. There's so many. I I uh, totally forgot one. By the way, go on then. I, I cigarettes and alcohol. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. I, how did I forget that song? I mean, that's... Yeah. Oh, we, could, we could be here all night yeah. talking about Oasis <laughs> songs. Um, I think some of our fans are probably looking forward to going and watching uh, United versus Liverpool if they haven't already dropped off. Um, <laughs> so, appreciate everyone tuning in. Oh, that's in. on Don't... now? Yeah, that's uh, on now. Um, United's down bad, huh? Yeah, they're they're definitely uh, struggling right now. Uh, mind you, Liverpool haven't won a game this season, so yes. we might have a winner out of these two, or it could end up as another draw. We'll find out. It's nil nil after thirteen minutes, so we'll see what happens. But Joe, as always, I just love having you on. I could talk to you forever and ever. Tell everyone where they can uh, hit you up uh, and get some more information on fantasy points, or uh, get a subscription because you should absolutely be buying a subscription to fantasy points. It is. Uh, an absolute gold miner resource, especially this time of year, and more especially if you're into your DFS plays as well. Um, someone mentioned oh, out, sure. uh, the importance of being idle. No, yeah, that, that one was on in my car yesterday. Uh, anyway, uh, at FG underscore Dolan um, uh, on Twitter, uh, use code lineup22 and you can get 10% off any package at fantasypoints.com. And okay, shout out to, all right, all right let, me, let me see it. The Reds. They're both the Reds. Oh, okay. right. there, isn't it? Yeah, I guess I was wondering which one's the Reds, but uh, Liverpool. Shout out to Liverpool. Uh, no, uh, they need they need the W. They need the victory. The three points. Let's have a draw. Everyone, everyone likes a draw. Yeah, I'm a Newcastle guy, so yeah, we'll see. What happens. <laughs> I know yes. you're an Arsenal boy, Murph. They're oh, off to a good start. Yeah, I mean, we're 35 games away from winning the league. Um, wins. We need 35 more wins and we'll win the league. Uh, no. I, <laughs> Very good. The, the schedule the schedule is, is, you know, last season, it's interesting, right? Last season, everyone sort of ha- loved to hate Arsenal. And, you know, they had two teams in the top three, including the, 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 the end-up champions, uh, defending champions and eventual champions in there, uh, and the European champions. And they played two of them. And then when they lost to Brentford, half the team was out with COVID. 
Uh, they were literally wiped out the day of the game. There was no time to practice with uh, a 17, 18-year-old up front. So, you know, the same way that I wasn't that worried that we'd started with zero points last April, I'm not overly excited that we started with nine points this season. Uh, we are ending this pod as we started it way <laughs> off on the furthest tangent imaginable. Murph's on Arsenal now, and that's another 45 <laughs> minutes you guys are going to have to listen to. No, we're not. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, please go check out Joe. Check out Fantasy Points. Joe, we'll get you back on. Uh, we'll talk some more pop culture. I feel like like we almost need like a pop culture pod here just to uh, talk up. And I've been continuing to uh, educate Joe in uh, slang. Uh, and uh, we've had some great fun with words that we're not going to share on this podcast because they're not entirely family <laughs> Um, but just go check out some of Joe's tweets about um, Christian Horner and uh, the oh. F1 Supremo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's uh, Joe, Joe's getting his uh, English language degree from Liam Gallagher at the moment, so <laughs> you can imagine how that's going. My mother is not very happy with me. Let's put it that. Oh, way. apparently United have just scored. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, well. who just well, who scored? I don't know. It's oh, no, I, I just not loaded. Oh, I don't know. We'll find it. <laughs> if this is like the ultimate jinx, um, oh, I'm, I'm all yeah, sorry. Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho. If this mm. is the ultimate jinx and Joe gets United a win, I'm going to um, I'm going to email the Glazers and say, "Hey, this guy needs to be paid by your organization." <laughs> I'll, take your it. I'll take leader. it. <laughs> yeah, I figured you might want the job, uh, but no. Let's end the pod here. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning Bye, in. Everybody. Don't forget to sign up for Listener Leagues. And appreciate all of you for the support. Uh, and we look forward to bringing you another great show uh, next week. Dan, anything you want to add? I noticed that the no. UK FFD account has been active this week. Uh, tell everyone where to follow yeah, that. There might be some news. Uh, at underscore UK FFC. Keep your eyes posted. I don't want to give too much away, but no. tomorrow around about 4 p.m. would be a reasonable time, I think, to, to be on there. Uh, there's some there's some big news coming for next year. Oh, there you go. Big news on the UK FFC. That's the UK Fantasy Football uh, Expo. And the last thing I'll say is the playbook is on sale. I tweeted this before the show. Uh, we've knocked uh, £5.69 off the price. Um, so quite a significant discount. Uh, it's yours on Amazon for £12.30. There's going to be a price discount on the website at some point as well. Don't know when that's going live. Um, so if you want to buy your fantasy football playbook, uh, you can uh, do that on Amazon. Week one is two weeks away. It's almost time for the season. Get all the resources, subscribe to Fantasy Points, buy your Fantasy Football Playbook, keep tuning in and subscribing to the Five Year Rush podcast. And don't forget, as always, keep rushing.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.